Welcome to another episode of Before You Kill Yourself with Leo Flowers. If you're like me, quarantined, locked up, <laughs> not locked up, but that's what it feels like, right? Um, There's it, it, so many challenges and, and obstacles. I have received so many messages from people feeling like a burden, uh, feeling like they're isolated, to feeling hopeless. Uh, However, if you go to thrivewithleo.com, I can coach you from feeling like a burden to feeling like a blessing, from feeling isolated to feeling connected, from feeling hopeless to feeling hopeful. Go to thrivewithleo.com for one-on-one coaching, and we will get through this together. With that said, Let's get into the episode. I have Dana, comedian <laughs> extraordinaire, Dana Eagle. Uh, she's been on Thank Last Comic Standing, and uh, uh, she's been on the Late Late Show and Comedy Central, Comics Unleashed. You know, I've gotten a lot of residual checks from Comics Unleashed, surprisingly. A lot of money. A lot of money. Can I have some? You want some? Sure. I mean, everybody <laughs> needs... <laughs> Everybody needs a little money right now, right? Like, <laughs> these are yeah. These are. I've gotten the comics unleashed too. Um, Dana, what I mean, you know, here's the thing: you and I are both introverts, so this this quarantine, not a big deal. Um, no, not not say it's not a big deal. Let me rephrase that because that's really insensitive to people who are, um, uh, who. Uh, are in dire i can't imagine i I just had somebody on the podcast she's who need others for the validation absolutely (laughs) or or just connection or i mean yeah i mean even at some point me and my girl we get along great but at some point i like to see other people you know what i mean and um but but you know i had had somebody on uh christy nichols who uh she's eight and a half months pregnant so i can't imagine uh going through a pregnancy at this time right like what what a challenge that is uh and there's just so many other you know i was uh talking to another client of mine who you know her housekeeper what's her housekeeper gonna you know she can't housekeeper you know it's just there's just so many uh effects from this that are unknown that are fascinating that uh it is interesting that when people make it further in life they have different problems. Like I haven't made it to the point of being able to support others or <laughs> even having a partner beyond a few years that we could build a family together. So I'm never going to have that problem. And as far as the housekeeper, no, I don't see that ever. There's, I, there's not employees that I've had to uh, worry about, uh, you know, bridging it for them. That that is the nice part about being uh pretty much near the bottom of the totem pole. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. You just have yourself to think about. There is you don't have to worry about a family and others and how are we gonna do this? Is like you know I'm I'm good if I make it great. If I don't, all right, whatever. It's just me. Yeah. I just wake up and I'm just like, oh my god, thank God I don't have kids. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine? I just discovered how much I eat. I'm used to eating at the clubs every night. And now I'm like, oh, my God, 
I like, I actually require groceries, you oh, know, cause yeah. I just, I snack all the time. But I, I do think the thing is with, I will say this though. I think uh, there was a study a while ago and, and they did say that people with kids aren't happier but they do have more transcendence about things. So I, I think the thing is, at least with kids in this, <laughs> I'm saying this, but I'm like almost not even buying it, but is, uh, is I think it, it maybe gives some meaning to the chaos. Maybe. How, what do you mean meaning to the chaos? You know, because there's, there's so many aspects of it. There's, there's the aspect of our personal welfare. There's the aspect of our community welfare. And then there's, am I allowed to swear on here? Oh yeah. And then there's a whole clusterfuck of our political environment. And I think that's the part that kind of really, and then there's worry about the future, but I think at least with kids, like it's more, you see, you see meaning beyond yourself. It's true because, you know, kids are so present and um, and I don't want to say unaffected because they're definitely picking up our energy and the energy of our culture and community and, and government and the world around us. But, you know, it's like I where, where I'm in San Diego right now and across the street. Fortunately, I have a park uh, that I can see from the living room through the balcony and then into the park. So every day I'm seeing. Uh, people walking their dogs, couples holding hands, right? Uh, and kids playing, and and you know, to kids, it, if you if they're young enough, you can spin it as a fun little we're just camping inside for a few years uh, kind of thing. Um, and then if that was little... spoken like somebody who does not have kids, <laughs> <laughs> if I said that to any of my friends right now that have kids, they'd be like, "Yeah, right." You come over and tell them it's a game. <laughs> you tell them it's a game that mommy's having a meltdown in the corner. <laughs> well, there was that movie called The Room where uh, it was the mom and her and her daughter in the, in the basement, and, uh, yeah. and, the, and the mom told the daughter for years that you know it was that was just the, the the basement was how the world is. Yeah, but she didn't have to go to work every. She didn't have to pay bills for that little space. Mm. <laughs> like she didn't. Have to, <laughs> She didn't have cable. She didn't have internet. She didn't have to like go and get like sneak into the grocery store and try and find paper goods, you know, and that kid knew nothing about the outside world. So it was pretty easy to pull. The, I mean, that is the one thing is kids. They're pretty uh, dumb. So you could pull the wool over their eyes pretty easy. Yeah, but you know, with the internet now, it's it's opening their eyes to uh, to to a, to a, to a whole yeah. new world. I know, <laughs> I know. These are see, isn't it nice to not have? I think we should just enjoy some of the problems we don't have. That's what everybody needs to do every day. Just take a moment and go. Well, I don't have that problem. <laughs> you know, that's a great way. You know, that's better. That's better than a gratitude list. Uh, 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 problems I don't. <laughs> <laughs> that, no it's true yeah. because you know you, you see someone um you know there are days where i complain about working out or writing or or whatever i have to do and i go there are people who would love to do what i'm doing but can't either physically or mentally or uh structurally or or whatever whatever uh, they're in jail like whatever it is 
Um, yeah. You know, and, and so I go, you know, I have to be thankful. I have to, and part of me has to do what I do for them. So, you know, to, to, to make up for that, for what they're not doing um, or can't do. Um, yeah, my shrink eating calls that, I think it's called like re reframing. I call it like lying to yourself, but it's like you just try and like look at things. Like I always think to myself on my really bad days, I always remind, did you ever see that show extreme home makeover? You know, I'm sure I have like, now how's that different than the home makeover? Are they, are they adding like, it's, it's extreme. It's like the the family's already in a dire situation like somebody is sick or had an accident or they lost a parent like there was something horrible that happened and then the house is like falling apart or they don't have the ramps that they need for the person who's in a wheelchair and they do this whole huge i mean it looks gorgeous like a gorgeous gorgeous house on the market but the way that the house starts and the situation the family is in is you know never a good one but i always just think like if i was dropped like from that situation before the makeover part like into my life i'd be like oh my god oh i have an apartment and i have enough room to dance and i have you know like i have like a dishwasher. I don't like, you know, and I have a washing machine, but I don't like doing my laundry as opposed to being like, crap, I got to throw in some laundry like that. Oh yeah. Cause you're huge in that dance. Uh, what, what kind of, wait, what's the video <laughs> that you watched that you danced? To? Okay. So there's a, there's a, the, the Nintendo video game, just dance is what it is. And then by the way, I didn't make that other point about reframing very well, but that's okay. You could look it up on Psychology 101. Um, but uh, it's called Just Dance. And so uh, it's like a Nintendo video game. But when I first started playing it, I would just do the arms because you could get all the points just with the arms because the controller's in your hand. But then I kind of got into it and I wanted to learn the dances. Um, but I don't really have the most updated system. And I found all the dances are on YouTube anyway. So I just do all the dances on YouTube and I sit and I learn them and I like rewind them. And I have some of them that I stream like really slow just so that I could learn it. And they say dance like no one's watching and I dance with no one watching. Yeah. Cause that, that really <laughs> helps uh, with anxiety. Right. I mean, and, and, and uh, yes, I know you you wrote a book on it was it called How to Be Depressed for How to Be Depressed a Guide. How to Be Depressed a Guide, which is a very funny book. And before before we go into that, I wanna I do want to backtrack to the reframing and 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 kind of breaking down what that looks like. I'm I'm looking at um psychology today and it says that one oh. example of reframing uh two or three examples. One example of reframing is redefining a problem as a challenge. Such a redefinition activates a different way of being. Problem has a heavy quality to it, while the notion of a challenge is enlivening. Another example, uh, and an extremely important opportunity for reframing, occurs during our an angry interchange. When our anger is inflamed, we are more likely to close our heart and deteriorate into judgmental, critical mm. thoughts 
such as she is such an angry bitch. Oh, I can't believe they use that as an example. It's like, how <laughs> they use my name. In that. <laughs> <laughs> or quote, he's such a selfish bully, end quote, or other variations on the theme of the world out there is doing it to me. When we're flooded with these feelings, we are rendered yeah. temporarily helpless in the moment. We may put to, we may put the other out of our heart, making them an enemy. With a commitment to effort, uh, yeah, to practice pausing to reflect, we can remember that underneath the anger, both our own and that of others, is fear and pain. Yes. Yeah. I've learned to master all of those mind disorders. Um, no, I actually, you know, it's funny before you called, I was. I was thinking about it because you just said something about complaining about things and, and people. And it took me, it took me one thing I am very good at because I'm not good at a lot of things, but I am very good at not complaining about things. And like, we've both been in the situation where we hear other comedians go, why did this person get this? And, and I didn't get that. And da, da, da. And it's just like, you know what? Nobody showed up to any of our doors and was like, Hey, comedy needs you. Like we chose to be here and nobody owes us anything. And I've gotten, you know, that, I don't know when I came to that in my, Oh, I do know when I came to that in life. Uh, yeah. But at some point I came to that, but like, when I look at you, your steps beyond me, in that you also take very positive action. Like you don't get paralyzed by things. You're, you're just, you're, you take things a little bit at a time and you're just very positive about them. And it's really annoying. Um, <laughs> well, I, I'll have, you know, and it's gotta stop Leo. I, it's I'm, gotta stop. I, I, you know, I, okay. So, you know, this is the thing is that, we we only see what people show us, right? And we only see what we want to see, uh, because I am uh, 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 consistently um, overwhelmed, especially now. Because what I've decided to do is, I like my calendar is packed through the day. Like yesterday, I, I think I was working from five a.m. to almost six p.m. yesterday. Podcasting. Okay, depressed people are not training to clients to show. <laughs> <laughs> and feel good uh, about themselves. <laughs> and and at the end of it, I was like, why am I why am I doing this to myself? And you know, I I fear downtime. I'm, I'm motivated uh, in part by fear, but I'm also motivated uh, by the the wanting to help a, a, a billion people. But uh, but yeah, so inside. Um, it definitely seems like, you know, like I'm calm and I'm taking a piece by piece. But then there's some days where I was like, oh, that was too much today. Overall, you're right. Like, mm. I, I'm just, I'm slowly, methodically, strategically moving forward and progressing and building. Mm -hmm. uh, but there are some days where I was like, well, well, that was ridiculous. That was just insane. Like, why would I do four podcasts back to back or a training session and you know, because my whole thing right. is I love to give myself space in the morning so that I can feel charge myself up with a workout, meditation, little journaling, Spanish, wow. 
some uh, sign language. And then at the end of the night, uh, give that space to me and my girlfriend. So like last night we played Monopoly. Um, mm-hmm. And so, you know, and then throughout the day, we check in with each other, go for little walks and things like that. And um, and and so, yeah, I do. You're right. I, my intention definitely is about balance and 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 not doing too much. I just took a nap before this podcast, so I, I definitely try to pace myself. <laughs> you knew you were going to need your reserves with me. Yeah, because I, I just did two before that, and I was like, you know, do I want to oh, go dang. for a walk or do I want to, uh, you know, just shut it down for a second? And I was like, you know what, let's shut it down. You're like, eagles coming up. (laughs) (laughs) But I think it's, but yeah, I think that helps too. Having that other person that is also in a, in a self driven career. Cause I think that's, you know, like, um, one of the reasons we're good at being alone is because we have these self driven careers um, so that kind of separates us from everybody else. And it does make relationships very hard. Um, but boy, you seem to have it all together. Good for you. I'm so happy for you, Leo. <laughs> all right. Seems is, I think is the operative word there, right? We all, you know, a lot of people seem to have it together and then you, and you hear something about them. You're like, what that person? No way. You yeah. Know? And and I think and that's why it's so valuable for for people and listeners and and all of us not to compare ourselves to other. I mean that's that's what social media is trying to get you to do is look at all these people who seem to have it together. I mean that that's a strong word right there. Who seem to be happy? Who seem to be thriving? Who seem not to need help? Who seem to be doing it all on their own? And the truth is, when when we are you talking about Helen Hong? Yeah, I feel the same (laughs) way about her. Little too much, Helen Hong. Take it down a notch. Ah, She's always at a ten. I love Helen Hong. She's so funny. Oh my god. Uh, I know she. She she pulls out her cash. She wants a photo of everything. And uh, Helen Hong is a comedian on. uh, She's on NPR. Wait, wait, don't tell me. Wait, don't tell me. Yeah. And and that's part of her bucket list. She's like, you guys. I got this thing on my bucket list and I'm like, that's great. No, she actually, she, she is somebody who I am always very happy for. Um, she always like, she's a very good example of, um, cause I, I read this book very early on in, uh, my career is Charles Grodin's book. And he said something very funny, which he goes, um, he said something like, only your mother is truly happy for you. <laughs> <laughs> and I did always have this thing when I would say to comedians, like, hey, how's it going? And they would be like, I got this and I got that. And I was like, no, I'm, I'm asking how you are. Um, but Helen has significant joy and she's also very generous. Like if she's not taking something, she'll say, Um, or she's not sending in, or even if she is sending in for something, she'll say, Hey, you'd be perfect. Do you want that information? And you kind of see how that like, uh, makes, makes people want her around because that's the kind of energy you want to be around is somebody who's always so excited by what you're doing. Yes. I mean, it's why she looks like she's 
15 still and not a wrinkle. And I think she's like 58 or 59 or something. She's just constantly yeah. uh, happy and giving and sharing. And uh, it, it, that's what it was. Actually, my shrinky dink said this to me. She said, oh, I think. She, I forgot. I think she said it's she's celebratory. That's what she is. She's celebratory. Celebratory. Whoa. Yes. I am not celebratory. I will. <laughs> no. I'm just like, yeah, that. Yeah, no, that's that's good. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. I'm like, good for you. Like a little thumbs up. You know, <laughs> a yeah. little smiley face. Like, yeah, that happened, but I expected it to happen like <laughs> ten years ago. <laughs> You know, uh, so, uh, yeah, but that's how she, that's why it's not annoying because she's genuinely celebratory. Yes. Yes. So yeah. how how are you, you know, so talk to us about the, the book a little. I'm sure you're tired of talking about the book, but mm-hmm. um, what what's been your journey in terms of dealing with your mental health and, and uh, managing? It? Well, um, well, I have the bipolar disorder if you're bipolar and you know that clap your hands um so uh yeah so i think that's it's so funny i've had so many other issues lately i'm like what is my issue with that the thing is is as i've gotten older it's actually become much easier to manage i still get very frustrated but it's become much easier to manage because <laughs> I hope knock on wood, like I know where my depths are. So in other words, when I would have a shift, so I have the bipolar two disorder, which is the sequel, not as good as the original. And it's more of the depression. And I think I can now look back and go, I wouldn't say all, all of it, but, so much of it is when it would suddenly shift and I would hit that bottom. It was like not knowing how much further it was going to go, how long it was going to last. Like it was like, am I going to have to move in with my parents? You know, it was stuff like that. And now, um, you know, I, I worried about, you know, ending up in a hospital and, you know, now it's like, oh, okay, I know approximately where my bottom is. And I don't, um, I don't pay attention. Like I, I just pay attention enough to figure out what it is that I need. That's also from my shrink it ink. Uh, one of the times I called her, she was like, what is it you think you need right now? And I thought, oh my God, that is the best question. <laughs> and so I think, being able to talk myself through it. Um, and, and also just going, just knowing that it's going to, like, I know that I'm going to, uh, I, I will generally cancel out of everything except for work. Um, because I worry, cause I, I worried very much because it, about people about feeling stigmatized by it. And I never wanted people to feel like I wasn't reliable. So, um, but I'll cancel out of everything else. And, um, yeah, it's actually, and then, and it's just knowing like, you know what, as mysteriously as it came in, it's going to go away. That's how it goes, you know? And, uh, and then, you know, I have like 
my little checklist and my sleeping. Did I eat enough? Am I drinking enough? All that stuff too. Yeah. So well, yeah. What's on your checklist? Like when, when you're clicking through your, you know, like how quarterbacks, I always think, and I know this is not an analogy for everybody because I have international uh, listeners. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, I, because, because I played college football, I always think of like a quarterback and, how, how I was like, how does he know who to throw to? And how is he, it's, it's like five receivers out there. And, and I realized like he has a, he has a, a checklist of progressions. Like this is the first option, second option, third option, fourth option, fifth option. And so what's your check, what's your mental health checklist look like? My um, checklist will usually sleep is the big one. Cause I stopped sleeping. And so that's, uh, usually the big one and figuring out when and how I could sleep next. Um, Shrinky Dink is, is big. She kind of runs me through that checklist quite a bit. Um, And then actually for the most part, I really don't discuss it. Uh, I try not to discuss it with friends, but anybody who's in my close circle knows that, Dana sometimes goes away for a little while. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> but, <laughs> okay, I, I've, I have one friend who says to me, okay, don't disappear. <laughs> but I, I don't think that happens as much. I think I've, that has gotten a lot better. But I know there's people I can call if I want to, but so much of the way that depression uh shows itself is in that self-absorption, just being completely absorbed by and, and everything being so magnified that it's, it's better to not have it out with me. If I'm, if I'm going out, then, you know, it's also, if I'm not feeling well, you know, mentally or physically, I generally try not to say something before I go on stage. You know, it's like, Oh, then I feel like I built in the excuse for myself. <laughs> so I just, um, yeah, I think I'm sure I'm going to think of something else that I do. And you know what? I have to say jokes, jokes help a lot. I mean, jokes, I think changed so much of the way I just look at, look at life. You know, it's just, there's, you know, so much of depression and, sadness is overthinking. I think even for people who who aren't natural, you know, who aren't like born with those fantastic genes, you know, it's like, even for regular people, like, you know, everyone feels overwhelmed and everyone's overthinking and what's my next, you know, in this gig economy and what's my next move and how am I going to do this? And there is something to jokes of being able to just have that small little door in your mind open up for when things get so utterly ridiculous and they're so quick, you know, it's just, they just focus you and they're just so quick. Yeah. Um, just a small little door for laughter. You're, you... Exactly. And I don't, I don't subscribe to that theory of like crazy or depressed makes good art. Like I, and I really, I don't like, I make better art when I am happy, you know, and I, and I also don't believe that that trade-off is ever worth it too. So I hate that thing of like, Oh, depressed people, you know, this. it's like, no, 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 
be healthy first. Like that's the most important thing. Um, but, but being able to find something useful out of really difficult moments is, is fantastic. And I, and it's like, we have to, we're always under the gun to have to find something new to talk about or put on stage or tweet about. And so I, yeah, I really, I, you know, it's, it's, I watch the news too and, and want to like go, Hey everybody. Like just this morning, like I was just so angry about some stuff and you know, I was like, I really want to get it. And I really just decided like, you know, there's news outlets and there's political outlets and it's like, that's not the role that I'm in. I'm not an expert. I'm none of this. I make jokes, could say jokes and that's all. <laughs> so, and I think it's better for my brain what, and what, my well-being. What kind of therapy are you undergoing? Is it uh, psychoanalytical, cognitive behavioral? What type of what type of therapy? I think it's co- I think it's mostly cognitive behavioral. Um, because she does she does a lot with the the thing that was remarkable for me. The thing that was changing for me was this therapist. And I don't, I don't think he'd mind if I said it. And there's another comedian who, um, when I was editing my CD, I started working for him. I was doing his, his books. Cause I know, I know Quicken and QuickBooks. I'm not bragging. Um, and so working like both, both those people happened at the same time. Cause I used to read, <laughs> I used to read a, this is one of my jokes. I used to read a lot of self-help books because I used to think I liked myself, but then I realized I was just using me to get to someone else. Something like that. <laughs> That's such a brilliant joke. So, um, so I read a lot of self-help books, but I just couldn't make the 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 act like the action happen, or or every time I. F- I would like fall in and I'd be like, you see, it all didn't work. Like, and I guess that's what they call like that black and white thinking. And, um, but I think what I got when I was working for this comedian and having the therapist was I got to have behavior, better behavior modeled for me, you know, like, you know, with kids, they say, it doesn't matter what you say to them. It matters what you do. And, uh, it always comes back to the freaking kids. But yeah, I think that was, I think, seeing the behavior, seeing the person I was in an office with, like when things didn't go well for him or he made a mistake, his whole day didn't end. And I, <laughs> he'd be, he was just like, <sighs> okay. Okay. You know, and I saw how he took normal breaks and how he fed himself and he took And I was like, Oh, that's, that's how you're supposed to be an adult. And needless to say, I grew up like in a chaotic home where it was just like, if you want breakfast, get up and make yourself breakfast. Like we didn't have bedtimes, you know? And so it, it was just a matter of like learning that organization. And, um, but I think, so I think there was him. And then at the same time with the, the shrinky dink, I would say, you know, kind of like what you were just saying, like this negative thing and now this and blah, blah, blah. And then she would say to me, well, that's not what I see. What I see is, and she would say something different. And then 
my favorite thing in life is to be right. And I was like, I know I'm right. And I know I could be right in this situation. But then one day the light bulb just went off and it was just like, it's not about being right or having the proof that I'm right. It's, it's what's, what's going to make you want to get out of bed in the morning. You know, what's going to make you go, you know, it really, it, you know, a lot of these self-help people who, who have had great advice, but a lot of them are about like these big, huge changes. And it's like, it's not that it's like finding these little moments of either joy or little moments of, of I can adjust or I can make a turn here. And then you just have some more enjoyable moments in your life or more people in your life that, you know, help uh, that you have a connection with that help move you forward. You help them move forward. There's just, yeah, it's, it's not about, um, you know, I, I, I do have friends who have so much more than me. They, they own homes, they have partners, they have kids, they have, you know, multiple cars and vacation homes. And, you know, it's just, um, it really is just, a, but it's really just about, you know, making those, just having as many enjoyable moments in the day as you can, or projects that you're into, you know, I, I don't, the word enjoyable might be the wrong word. It's, it's more maybe like satisfying because you and I both know, like when we're sitting and working on a project, we feel completely absorbed by it. Yeah. You know, there is something you're absolutely right. Uh, you know, one of the things that gets me up in the morning is knowing, uh, that my girl made overnight oats the night before. And it's such a small that is, thing. Sounds horrible. <laughs> now I just feel bad for you. <laughs> no, it's it's amazing. It's, it's oats with oat milk and walnuts and blueberries and raspberries and uh, almond butter and all the seeds, the flax, the chia. Uh, Have you thought about quinoa? <laughs> I have. I actually, I think about it almost every day. I'm like, I, I would, I would love, I would love, like, uh, I would love to take uh, some pills, some Xanax, some propanol, whatever. Um, but I'm, I'm definitely afraid I'd become addicted to it, uh, and I don't like feeling, um, I don't like feeling numbed out, like to where I don't want to do anything, like. Like it's why I don't smoke yeah. weed. I don't like alcohol. I don't. I don't like being in a, uh, in a yeah. in an altered state that that doesn't bode well for me. Um, yeah. And and I have and food is enough of a a, a, a crutch uh, for me to deal with. I don't. I don't need to add other things to it. Um, so yeah. But uh, but you, you're right. It's finding those tiny when and there was this book called Unbroken, and uh, this guy was in a prisoner. Uh, he was a prisoner of war for a couple years. Yeah, he was beaten and and all these things. And he said the thing that brought him joy was there was a, a I think a chicken or a rooster, and that mm -hmm. would run around every day. And he said in all this chaos and mess and disaster, this chicken is just like. Burk, 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 burk. 
you know, just running around and it brought him joy. You know, it was just that little thing, no matter what was happening to him or around him. He uh, thought about the rooster. Yeah. And it's that thing of like, our thoughts are so automatic, but that doesn't mean that we have to keep the volume on, you know, it's just, um, like, uh, I, I was having an issue with a person and like, I always call it like brain candy. Like my, my brain just loves to chomp on it, you know? And, and I know I don't really have, uh, I'm not, evolved enough to have the power to control that but i am evolved enough to know that it's not healthy and i just need to put on something to distract myself so i put on a podcast or just something that can distract me till i'm onto something else and the other thing i was gonna say i like the visual of that chicken um is a friend's father passed and right before he passed he said to him you know, we had some good times and I like wrote that out really big and I put it on my door. Cause I obviously like I have the anxiety, like when I leave the house and it's just this thing. And it's just like, now I just say to myself, just go out and have some good times. I like, that. but then there's certain people that I can't be around. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not going to have a good time with that person. <laughs> no, I think I say, I say that in jest, but but I think there are some people who, who you're like, those aren't my peeps. And I feel like, so it, it's just knowing, but, but as an adult and in a profession, you, you have to know how to engage, but also how to, you know, set your limits and all of that too. You know, something, hey, cause that goes back to something you said earlier when you said, uh, what, what was scarier uh, or scariest is uh, you didn't know what the bottom was. And now yeah. you know um, what, what that bottom is. And, and it, cause I, you know, I can't, I, I can swim a little bit, but um, right. uh, it's like when you're in a pool and you don't know what the depth is. Right. And you're like, yeah. oh, am I going to hit the bottom or uh, is there a bottom? Uh, is it five right. feet? Is it 10 feet? Is it a thousand feet? Will I have enough air to come back up? All those things cause anxiety. And I think as we get older, we start to learn what our bottom is. And then um, that there's some comfort in knowing that, okay, I hit the bottom. I need this much oxygen to come back up and, uh, and I'll live through this. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's also just being able to go or maybe, it's out of my hands and I don't know, but I know what's five feet in front of me. So let me just go that five feet. And then I just go five more feet, you know, and it's, um, yeah, it's just sort of staying, just staying like five feet. And then, you know, you can make it the next, because don't you feel that way? Like I get in the situation that you were discussing before where it's like, Oh no, I packed there's, there's too much stuff in the, you know, everything always, the way we work, like everything always lands in the same place. You know, it's like, it's, it, it just, you end up drowning and you're just like, Oh my God, I have these, I'm traveling to like these three places within three days. And, and I always find that like the one that you thought was going to be the worst was the best. And 
at the end of the day, the anticipation of it is just the anxiety ridden part. It's just going like, just get to your next thing, just get to your next thing. And it's like, don't worry about the five things after that. <laughs> you know, it's true. It, you know, and that's so beautiful what you said. You know, it's like, I, I don't know, but uh, I do know what's five feet in front of me. And so just handle that. Uh, Tracy yeah. Ellis Ross, who's on the show Blackish, you know, she said the oh, same yeah. thing in terms of uh, if you're feeling overwhelmed and anxious, that just do the next right thing. And that could be yeah. brushing your teeth, uh, shaving, taking a shower, making your bed. Just do the next right thing. Yeah. And I'm I'm trying to get in, like, you're very good at, like, the habits. I'm trying to get in, like, the micro, the micro habits. Like, I, I'm not a morning person either. And the way that I used to get myself up was I used to, uh, and I, I still stand by the system, especially for early flights which is I would buy a bag of M&Ms and I would put a few on the nightstand. And then like, you know, that thing when the alarm goes off, but then you shut it and you end up accidentally falling back asleep. So as soon as the alarm went off, I take one M&M and pop it in my mouth. And as you know, it's melting, like it kind of wakes me up. And then I keep just like in my bed, like reaching over and grabbing another one. And then, but I only put a few of them on the dresser. So then if I want the rest, I have to get up and go into the other room and go get the rest of the bag. And that's how I get up out of bed. But now I get up um, with the dancing with the, and it's mostly because I like the music. And for a little while I switched that. I was like, well, you have to do exercise and calisthenics on some days. And then I noticed that I just avoided it. And so then I just was like, nope, do the thing that moves you forward. You like this, do it, do it for a half hour later in the day. Or if you don't have a show at night, you could do something else. But it's just like, get that thing, you know, get like in those little habits where it's like, you don't even have to work at them anymore because they're just, they're automatic for you. Like for you, cooking is automatic. That I find strange. Well, you, you know, uh, cooking is automatic. And you, you know what uh, What encouraged me to cook more recently uh, was comedian Mal Hall. Uh, uh, he, he posts a lot of vlogs on YouTube. Uh, check him out, M-A-L, uh, Hall, H-A-L-L. And he cooks a lot. Oh. And he cooks from scratch, scratch, like tomatoes. When he makes oh pasta, he has a pasta thing that he, he rolls. Like he makes it from the dough and puts it through the, the ringer or whatever. And... I asked him about the the cooking, and he said, you have to practice doing things that take time. Oh, and That's so interesting. And, and, and I was like, you're absolutely right, because when you really think about cooking, it's not just about the stove. Like, you have to leave the house get the ingredients for the day. You have to think about what you're going to cook. So there's, a, there's planning, there's preparation, and there's execution. So what you're actually doing is developing the habit of planning, the habit of preparing, the habit of executing. And, and then that starts to bleed into other areas of your life. So if, you, if, you, if you're cooking every day, you are instilling 
characteristics and behaviors and habits and values uh, on a subconscious level that you would take with you no matter what you did. And it just slows That's things time. Amazing. It slows things down for you. It's a way of connecting too, right? Because when you cook, maybe you cook too much. Great. Great is that you cook too much because now you have something to share. Because now there's the communal aspect of, hey, because I, I, there's been many a nights where I've, I've called friends in my building and said, hey, I cook too much. Do you guys want to stop by and grab some or do you want me to drop some over? And they'll be like, yeah, or no, or whatever. But it's a way of Oh, connecting. I want to move into your building. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting because this week, as I was working, I was, and I just learned to cook one dish. Everything else I kind of like heat up, um, you know, like a veggie patty, and then I put it on bread. Um, and then in the morning, I have uh, frozen fruit, and sometimes I put yogurt in it. Um, so everything for me is mostly making, but I, uh, or heating up and assembling. But I just, but it was interesting because this week there was a point where, when I get up from work, like I try to do something that'll clear my head, but I was just like, Oh, I'm in the mood to cook. And I was like, why would you be in the mood to cook? You hate cooking. And I wanted to cook and I made some badass chili. But for the most part, I always think that cooking, cooking is to me, like what hunting is to you. Like why would I still do that if I could get someone else to do it for me? <laughs> but now I have a reason. Yeah, I mean, yeah, definitely now because it's like, you know, to, with all the extra time we have in our hands, we definitely want to find productive ways of, uh, of filling it or else. Because, you know, I can only watch so much Netflix, HBO, uh, uh, these comedy specials they're releasing. There's only so yep. much I can consume before it, it's, uh, you know, uh, it's unfulfilling or un- unsatisfied, unsatisfying. And we have yes. to find fulfilling ways. And, and it, it's only fulfilling if there's a, if there's a struggle. That's why, yes. you know, you feel great after a, a hard workout because you're like, whoa, I didn't think I was going to get through that. That was a little challenging. There's some things that I hadn't done before. And then you feel Wait. amazing after. I ha- Okay, so I have two questions for you. So one issue that I have now is, well, first of all, when I take a break, I have trouble going back to work. And also just getting that energy, like taking useful breaks, you know, that refresh me, like, my instinct is to turn on the TV, but I noticed that if I'm reading a novel, then sitting and reading a novel will actually refresh me in a way that exercise that, I mean, in a way that, um, that TV does not. And I was wondering what are you like, I think of my brain, like an etch a sketch and like, sometimes it just gets too full and I have to like shake it and clear it. But I always struggle with how do I, how do I, un, like, how do I unload the desktop here? No. So, so I was wondering what you do. How do you hit refresh? So that, that's a, uh, a, a great insight and great question because I too used to, uh, I used to go to the movies uh, as a way of relaxing or refreshing. And then I realized 
I I didn't feel that way after the movie. I always felt uh, maybe a little grimy, a little un- it was something unsatisfying about going to the mm. movies or um, watching a movie, et cetera, or, you know, watching TV at home. And then um, mm-hmm. I realized uh, what I really am is bored. Um, I've, I've become bored with what I was doing because I've been whatever I was doing was I was doing it too long. And so I require oh. some other type of mental stimulation. That's why reading, it was so satisfying to you because it fulfilled that mental stimulation. I do, uh, I'll read or I will uh, do a crossword puzzle. Crossword puzzles are great um, because I'm not, I'm not bad at them, but I'm good enough at them to finish one, but it takes me a week. So I'll do like, I'll get like the Monday New York Times crossword puzzle. And it'll literally uh-huh. take me seven days to finish that thing. But it's not so challenging that I become, uh, you know, that I give up on it. But it's challenging enough that I have to think about it and, and work on it and chew on it uh, bit by bit, day by day, right? Um, yeah. And so that's one of the things that gets me out of bed is like I, I, I know that as I'm sleeping at night that my brain has been thinking about the problems and, and how, to, how to fill those in. Um, and then I wake up and, and nine times out of 10, I'll have one or two uh, new answers to the crossword puzzle. But so, oh yeah, so you have crossword puzzles, uh, puzzles, uh, the actual and then puzzle pieces. How long do you nap for? 20 minutes. That's it. You do 20 minutes. Okay. I do 20 minutes. That's good. Now, yesterday I did an hour, but that's because I woke up at 5 a.m. Uh, to do some things, and then I had like just an insane schedule yesterday. So yesterday I took an hour um, a nap, and uh, it was more still... importantly, what were you doing at five a.m.? Oh, at it's five... a quarantine. Yeah, no. And so I, like I said, I get up. Well, see, I had I, I'm, I'm virtually training clients, um, and so my first session oh. was at six. And I always love to, you know, I, I truly believe, and you have to take care of yourself before you can take care of others so right that's why i'm having at, grandkids yeah <laughs> before I yeah right Sorry. so yeah i woke up at five uh so mm-hmm. i can work out for 20 meditate for 20 and then be present for my client at 6 a.m um and and then my day was just off and running from there but there was a gap where i could take a nap and so i definitely took uh i took a longer nap than usual um, but I either do 20 oh. minutes or I do 90 minutes. The 90 minutes is tricky because usually that might interfere with your sleep, but that puts you through a full mm-hmm. REM cycle, which is why I do it. Okay. Wait, can I ask you another question? Sorry. Now I'm interviewing you. No, absolutely. Uh, my other question is, so for us, it's always very conf- not confusing. There's just, there's a lot to do because, we have that thing that we earn money at. We have the thing that we're um, pursuing or like making headways in our career, which I always consider like a little more commercial and has more to do with like our promotional stuff, you know, and, and putting out content. And then I think I just got lost in my own question. Yeah, for me, it's always bridging, like, 
not that my career, yeah, like my career is like a lot of administrative stuff, right? Where do I have to be? Who did I, who's, you know, sometimes I write on other people's stuff, like whose stuff am I finishing off now? You know, that's more, more administrative stuff. But then there's also like, I'll have that passion project of like, what's the thing that I wanted to do anyway? Like if nobody, even if nobody buys it, that's what I want to do. And the thing that always ends up falling by the wayside is the, is the social networking. Cause I, I can't figure out how you do that in like 20 or 30 minutes. I'm just like, Oh, I, I like bigger things. So I was just wondering, how do you organize that? Like between your training other people, doing stand-up, writing for stand-up, and then all your promotional stuff. I, I so, there, so for some things, I'll have I'll schedule things uh, to do throughout the. There are things that I do Monday through Friday, and then there are mm-hmm. things that I do on the weekend. And okay. so sometimes you have to figure out like so like Saturday. That's a day where I'm focused on script writing. That's only for scripts. Oh, right? interesting. Uh, yeah. Sunday is dedicated only to learning. So I'm either learn it's either it's church and learning. So I take online uh, guitar lessons. I take online ASL lessons. I want to add in uh, Spanish to that also. So I do too. So Sunday is just dedicated to uh, education, and then. But then, go ahead. What about like when you have when you have a show Saturday night? then don't you feel like pressed of like, Oh, I should work on my set or it just depends what kind of oh, set well, it is. Like, well, is it a spot uh, or am I doing a show? Oh, well, I mean, I'm, I'm talking about now, like it's like all, oh, anything now. that I yeah. did before the quarantine, like is oh. out the window. The The whole schedule is completely, uh, cause uh, you know, we're going to be in this for a while. Um, yeah, I've talked no, to buckle some people, in. buckle in. So I, I've completely let go of the way I did things and have focused on on, on how to do things uh, now. Mm. And so, um, yeah, so my Saturday is for script writing. And, and you know, even though the, that's the day and then I'll, 90 minutes, like if I have a show, there, there is a 90-minute mm-hmm. window that I dedicate to, to focusing on that set for that night. Yeah, that's because you don't have to do hair and makeup. Absolutely. But, you know, but even then, so then maybe you wake up earlier, right? You wake up early because the other, the other wraparound is like, you know, I didn't want to wake up at 5 a.m., but my session started at 6 a.m. So I had mm-hmm. to ask myself, like, how do I want to show up to this and what do I have to do to prepare for it? So if that means right. that on that day, you know, that's the five feet in front of me. I can't think about like, oh, I have to wake up at 5 a.m. every morning is like, no. Tomorrow right. you wake up at 5 a.m. and then take it from there. Um, and so e- even on a, a, a day where I, you know, if I have to do hair and makeup and I need uh, extra time, then I'm waking up earlier and I'm doing, I'm preparing for the set 90 minutes in the morning and then oh, going into okay. the script writing and then, you know, doing hair and makeup and then doing the show, right? Because it's all about like just feeling prepared. For that, because then, you know, right before the show, as you're waiting to go on, there's other comics usually. 
So you like you get a chance to review yep. notes or whatever. So, but it, just knowing that you took ninety minutes at some point in that day, and you did you laid the foundation, you did the work and the prep. It doesn't matter where in the day that you do it. It doesn't have to always be right before the show or in the middle of the day. It could be early in that morning um, uh, when you, when you've gotten that done. And you know, and that goes for everything. It's, it's because at the end of the day, we can't control the outcome of the show. You could. You could do all the things right, quote unquote, and have everything still go wrong. That's just life. So yes. you yeah. it's about building the habit. I'm like, sorry, what's I'm not familiar. Habit? What's that yeah. like? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so the things you have scheduled in is obviously your workouts and the mornings, you're training other people, um, you're seeing your lady and making dinner and then as far as then you have to do these podcasts and edit them and all of that and then um you're certainly on the instagram like like your social networking is that one scheduled in or is that just as it happens like as you're out with your girl and you guys are walking you just take a quick video yeah i mean so the social uh the social media is just as things are happening and Mm -hmm. um uh, you know, yeah, and so we, we go for a walk, so we have our, our little moments where we can check in with each other during the day. And it, even though it sounds like a lot, and it, it is, but like with dinner, um, uh, a lot of times we're throwing everything in a crock pot, which all, all that requires is us chopping some things up, throwing it in there, and then it does the cooking for us for six hours, and then it's ready to go. And then that food lasts us for like three to four days. So that's three to four days that we don't have to cook. But it seems like we're cooking a lot because we're showing you foods or we might be mixing some other things in there as we're going along. But we're not cooking like that every day. Um, Right. And then the uh, the yeah. And then like the podcasting that fills up the time. And then the time we spend together. It's like we just find these little nut, these little nuggets in our day, right? A little five minutes yeah. here, half hour there, and we check in. But I've also put it's all about boundaries too, right? So yeah, um, I I don't schedule anything past six p.m. because at six it's the cutoff. Oh, and, that's so interesting. And that's and that's when you know I uh, schedule fun for us. I mean, today is an anomaly. I have a five thirty to six thirty. Uh, but that's not usually uh, the case. So, they're, they're, and what you know, time do you go to bed? So we go to bed at like anywhere between nine and eleven. Anywhere okay. in between there, just depending on. Uh, some nights we go to bed like you know the day I woke up at five a.m. went to bed a little earlier. Uh, if I, if I, if I right. wake up a little later, we go to bed a little later, but. Yeah, you know, we don't we have a specific bedtime. We just go we're both tired at the same time and we both will wake right. up around the same usually I wake up a little earlier, but um but yeah, it's just about like setting boundaries and and saying, you know, this is what I like my week to look like and my and, and my weekends to look like and and even if it doesn't work out like that, it's all about setting that intention and then uh being able to communicate that. I have another question. This is my last question. Um, what What are you, what's something that you're, that's coming up that, or either coming up or that you're working on anything. It could be in any category that you're excited about. Um, you know, 
I'm actually, I'm always excited about the podcast guests today. Like, I was excited to talk to you today. Um, I'm excited to, I guess what I'm excited about is not necessarily a specific thing, but I'm, I'm excited overall about how this world of online training, online coaching, online comedy, right. like, I'm excited to see how this progresses and the effects of this and, uh, and the opportunities that exist, uh, from this. So it's, I, I'm not excited about any one thing in particular. I'm also, uh, excited to see like how I function within this, like to, and to see how me and my girl, like, you know, this is a growth opportunity for us. Um, and it, it's a, it's a different thing. Cause you know, we're together. We, we just started dating in October. And, and now, you know, we're, we're really in this. And so to see how we manage. I've gotten really into you guys too, by the way. Oh, <laughs> I don't know if that's healthy, but I have. I'm just letting you both know I will be showing up at between 9 and 1030 for bed tonight. <laughs> no, I have. Like, I've really enjoyed watching the two of you. And I think it's because the two of you have so many skills that I don't have also which is very narcissistic of me but no it's enjoyable to watch you to enjoy what you do and you seem to enjoy each other um so yeah that's always really cool unless you guys have just the most amazing front going no i mean i mean do we get into arguments absolutely uh do we have discourse absolutely but what we're very good at doing is, and uh, you know, I've I've been very adamant from the beginning about sharing all the things. So, you know, it's it's so easy to say I love you. You're the worst introvert ever. <laughs> <laughs> I'm calling the club. <laughs> trust me i haven't always been like this is this is leo flowers uh 2020 leo flowers 2017 yeah this is like this is this is after doing a lot of work listening to a lot of people um uh, uh having a lot of mentors going to therapy talk you know really delving deep into uh my psyche but also the people and, and reading bios have really helped me also to gain perspective and, and see that um you can be wildly successful and wildly um horrible or dysfunctional or you know uh, uh complicated at the same at the same time so there there's not this uh there's not this uh, nirvana or oasis or place where you get to where all of a sudden you're you're a hundred percent and um, everything's perfect. It's uh, it's always there's always a battle and a challenge and uh, obstacles and um, but that's what makes life exciting. Like if, if we knew everything, um, it would it would be boring. And I think that's kind of why going back to watching TV is that it's 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 boring because 
you pretty much know how they're going to end it. You know, they're going to, if they're, if it's a guy and a girl and they don't like each other or whatever, you know, at the end of the movie, they're going to end up together. Unless it's a European right. movie, then you don't know what the hell is going to happen because uh, those, I was watching a, a, a Polish film and I, I like, so here's the thing. Mm-hmm. If you're going to watch movies and television um one watch documentaries uh about things that you don't know about because that's mentally stimulating uh another way to do it is to watch like nature shows like there's a lot of great like our planet and uh, things like that where that's going to be engaging and and stimulating and then you, you you know you'll feel great the other thing to do is watch foreign films because yep. they don't follow the same formulas that American movies follow. And also you have to read. You so have to read. a lot of times right. I'll put the TV on and I'll do something in front of it, but it's this forces. And I think that's when you go going back. Like, I think that's when you get that break, when you get that refresh is when your mind is a hundred percent engaged in something else, as opposed to, just distracted by something else. I think we just cracked the nut here. I, I think we're, that's we're gonna, you, yeah, though. yeah. We're gonna we're gonna name the episode "Engaged versus Distracted." Yeah. Woo. But yeah, I love yeah, I love a a, a good foreign film and uh, yeah, because I mean they don't have any formulas. The the you know yep. it, like you look at the the uh, Game of Thrones. That's why we all loved Game of Thrones. Because we're like, we don't know who's going to die from week to week. It's uh, it's all up for grabs. Um, okay. I'm not that kind of a nerd. I'm a different kind of nerd. But different. yeah, okay. I know what you mean, though. But um, yeah, also foreign films. The women are so hot. Super hot. Right? And and the nudity and like is real. And in a real. completely different way. Yeah, hey, no makeup. Yes. No makeup. There's just, is a, you know what it is? Because uh, women in these foreign films, they're they're strong and yet have such vulnerability. Like American, oh, I'm being right? really shallow. I'm going no, no, no. They have curves. They're not skinny. They're not like tiny little like. And the other part too. And well, you, you know why? You know why I think as a guy, like I'm viewing it differently, is because as a guy, like <laughs> I love, uh, like you know, I love strong women. Because I, I like mm-hmm. to, I like to be the one to like crack the code and, and break them down. But I think when you're talking about, <laughs> if you're talking woman to woman, it's not the, like there's not that because there's a hunt for me of like, oh, she comes off so strong and so powerful and, and passionate, and then Leo Flowers gets in there, yeah, and she's just she's just she's like my little schoolgirl, like she just crumbles in my arms like like feta <laughs> cheese, you know. We're gonna both be in big trouble after this. We're gonna be in huge trouble. This will be the last episode. Take a dark turn. (laughs) Uh, Michelle, yeah, Michelle just looked at me like, "What? Huh?" She's trying to, she's trying to wash her hands. She's like, "What did I walk in on?" I'm sitting here going, in that part of the conversation, I'm like, I think I just became the dude because I'm like, no, her bot is really hot. And, uh, and you're talking about, like, her great mind, but then you didn't make it any better. We're both in big trouble yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. We're, in he- we're in huge. We're in a heap of trouble, for sure. Which sounds exciting, too. It, it does. Like <laughs> tonight. <laughs> uh, Dana Eagle, thank you so much for joining me on today's episode of Before You Kill Yourself. 
uh, plug all your things. Where can people find you? Oh, okay. You could find me at Dana, D-A-N-A. Last name is Eagle, like the bird, E-A-G-L-E. My book is called How to Be Depressed for Your International Listeners. It was also published in French, German, and Turkish. And I have I have some of those, too. Um, and I have the English one also. And it's not about, because I know everybody's probably like, oh, I know how to be depressed. It's like doing it the right way. Like you want to bring other people down with you. <laughs> and it has stuff like depressed fashions. And it has a quiz. <laughs> of, do you have what it takes to be depressed? And it has things like. Tell people, oh no, yeah, uh, the quiz, one of the questions on the quiz is like, do you go to bed early? Not necessarily because you're tired, but because you don't want to be awake anymore. Stuff like that. And then it has uh, how to be depressed in different cities and countries. In French, uh, um, in France, uh, how to, uh, oh shoot, I'm forgetting, but it's something like, tell people you are not depressed, you are les miserables. So, um, it has a lot of fun. Oh, depressed poses. Uh, I just expected you to hang up by now, but you didn't. But yeah, so you could get that. And I don't know what else there is to say. I'm figuring the rest out. If anybody has any ideas. I was thinking about doing a podcast called uh, My Favorite Disease. And then people could call in and tell me their favorite disease. I love that idea. There's so many diseases out there that we haven't even heard of. Uh, I know. I'm, I'm sure we'd be we'd be riveted. You get a lot of scientists and doctors calling in and scaring the hell out of like like I don't even know why we got to listen to scary stories because you know uh, oh. diseases out there, the things that can that can uh, get you at night. Uh, yeah, those are fascinating. Yes, and the way that our bodies work. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Amazing. They, I have no idea what's going on in this thing. None. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's better that you don't know. It's better. I think so too. Uh, I think so too. Dana Eagle always uh, okay. Think you that can there's... try and say goodbye. <laughs> no, no, it's not goodbye yet. Um, okay. Um, oh, DanaEagle.com. I think it's Dana is cool on Facebook, and then Dana Eagle tweets. You know that. Just go to the website. It has all that stuff on there. DanaEagle.com, and then you can get all the other, all the other stuff. Um, Dana, I always feel like there's one person listening to this podcast who is on the precipice of ending their life. Before you kill oh, yourself, no. what would you say to that person? Go get some M&Ms. Is um, that not a good thing? No, that's perfect. Go get some M&Ms. That's from the heart yeah. of Dana Eagle. Thank you all for tuning in. Thank you for rating it. No, wait, actually, wait, <laughs> oh, can I add okay, to that? Yeah, add can I add to that. one other thing? Yeah. I'm sorry. Take out something in the middle that I said. So, no, no, no. Here's, here's what keeps me going. I think to myself, I'm not letting everyone else get off that easy. I have more people to go out and annoy. And you go out and you go and you annoy those other people even more than they've annoyed you. That's, That's right. Be I a burden. Going. That's right. But yeah, yeah. Lay lay it on them. Give it. Get it. Give it all to them. That's right. You sit. You write a check at the grocery store. <laughs> you look for change in your pocket. You you go. You don't have to always go on green. You go whenever you feel like it. 
stop letting other people get, you know, get under your skin. You go out, you get under somebody else's skin. Don't let everyone off that easy. Your parents messed you up. Well, go find a, go find a nursing home out in the desert somewhere for them. You're going to get your chance. Uh, Dana, I love it. I love it. I love it. That's such a great, that's such a great, (laughs) write a check. (laughs) I hate that person. (laughs) I know. Oh my God. Uh, Thank you all for tuning in. Remember, uh, you know, I, I do, I've started this podcast because um, I, I too have struggled with suicidal ideation and anxiety and depression. So I know what you're going through. I understand the feeling of, of, of loneliness and uh, being a burden uh, and, and overwhelmed. And, you know, as, as much as it yeah. seems like I have it all together, uh, it's something that uh, I'm aware of and it's something that I'm managing from day to day, uh, which is why I started this podcast, because uh, it, it helps me feel less alone in the world. And, and the fact that I have so many listeners and, and, the, and, it, and it's growing lets me know that there are others of you out there like that who feel the same way I do. So uh, just the fact that this let this podcast be evidence that you're not the only one struggling with what you're struggling with or else there would be no need for this podcast. There would be no need for books, uh, for Dana's book and, and, uh, and, and for psychologists and psychiatrists and, and the, and, and, and the psychiatrist, you know, uh, people, the amount of people taking meds, like let all that be evidence that you are not alone in your struggle. So go to thrivewithleo.com if you want one-on-one coaching, all right, with me, oh. yours truly. Yeah, one-on-one coaching. I just used school. your podcast for my coaching. That's amazing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, it's a and and you know, like I was just in Peru, and my listeners are going to get tired of me saying I was just in Peru, but they have a thing called uh, Aini, which is another word for reciprocity. And so, you mm-hmm. know, it's not that you used this podcast, you know, for your coaching. We we both. Uh, trust me, got something uh, out of this, and and I'm sure the listeners did too. So thank you, Dana Eagle, yeah. for being a part of this. Thank you all for tuning yes. in, and we will talk to you soon. <laughs>